Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about Lena and Pete. We were talking about the, the, the death. The horse death. Well, we can't start the episode there. (laughs) The horse fucking Lean on Pete gets run over. Lean on Pete kills himself and Joey from Warhorse is a fucking traitor. Okay, let's get this on the record. Both of these horses make irreparable choices that audiences may judge. Wait, why is Joey a traitor? Because Joey just gladly goes with the German troops yeah. when he's when he's uh, whipped. He out didn't of have a choice. But he doesn't even like Joey spends so much of the movie like pulling back and being like, "Not today, sir!" Like when they're trying to put a harness on him, and and he's and like when uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is like, "Not as good as my horse," and Joey's like, Rrr, you know. <laughs> Oh my god, Joey is like uh, the ultimate. It is. <laughs> Why did he get the that? He just goes with the Germans with male the crowds. performance of 2011. <laughs> I'm just like, when I finish War Horse, I'm like, where'd they find this fucking horse? I know. And how did Spielberg do that? How did they find a horse that spoke English? How did they find a horse that was such a natural on screen? Just like pure dripping with sex. <laughs> There is a shot the first time that uh, Jeremy Irvine picks up muscles. picks up the actually two moments the first time Jer- Jeremy Irvine picks up the whip mm. when they're trying to plow the rock field mm. Spielberg the, the 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 from the John Williams score plowing from plowing which is apropos because Spielberg just has this very gratuitous objectifying shot of Joey's ass <laughs> and like the, on his his thighs are glistening like that's a light right like he put another fucking light just off camera yep. to shine off Joey's thunder thighs yes and then at the Fuck end yeah. then at the end of the film mm. when Benedict Cumberbatch's black <laughs> horse is dead by the way Joey is also gay mm-hmm. Joey's also gay because he wants to fuck the black horse he wants horse. to fuck the black horse when They're the black horse they when, are definitely when, when the black horse hold on when the black horse is, oh no this is the proof this is the proof that the lovers actually when Joey trots over so gently so sensitively to his boy to his dying boyfriend <laughs> on the battlefield Spielberg has like a bit of like I guess I don't even know what you would call it, like a medium or a wide because the horse is so fucking big, right. but the whole horse's body is in it and the horse is trotting over and then as he moves towards the horse, the sun is like comes, which was previously blocked by his thigh, comes through his crotch. Mm-hmm. So mm. his horse dick is just this shining gold mm. orb Oof. as if Spielberg is saying, it's a fucking Adonis. Yeah. Hell yeah. Masterpiece. <laughs> Well, <laughs> virtually, basically a masterpiece. The filmmaking in Warhorse is a plus. It's just such a shame that the story is so dumb. It is the second to last time the Spielberg magic has really been there for me, and the last time is Lincoln. It's and, funny. This, and after Lincoln, he could be done. This movie, <laughs> this movie predates Lincoln in Spielberg's love of gruff white men with grizzled beards barking at each other. Oh yeah, that yeah. whole first sequence. Yes, I Which didn't I realize hate. Benedict and Tom and Hiddleston. Tom. They're yes. both in it. Pre, and, and they, pre, pre, like true fame. Pre Marvel. I mean, it was this uh, was when they were all coming out. Yeah, before the Marvel Sherlock had been on, so... Yes, and Tom Hiddleston was supposed to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. This was around the same time as Thor. Yeah, it would have been the same year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this came out in December, so Thor is out. This was a Christmas release. You know know what I was thinking about having seen Lean on Pete and then watching War Horse? War Horse. Is that Charlie Charlie in Lean on Pete is the horse. Lean on Pete is not the horse. 
Because you know how, like, in Warhorse... Let's just hear me out. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) Maybe it's the gin talking. We're both like, whoa. Hear hear me out. That's a take. Hear me out. We've got my fam. Hear me out. I'm ready. Joey crosses paths with different people. It's a picaresque. It's it's a travelogue, Mm -hmm. but it's the horse who encounters all these different people. In Lean on Pete... The horse is just like, what is Charlie? Why is Charlie dragging me along? It's yeah. Charlie who comes across all the different people. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Lean on Pete is like, were you not listening to Steve Buscemi and Chloe Sevigny when they were like, <laughs> he can't run anymore? Like, don't take him. I love to Wyoming. It, it <laughs> also, is how unconscionable is that-, that Charlie, Charlie. Kidnaps, the horse, kidnaps the horse, who is deemed too weak who competes in the horse race and decides to walk to Wyoming. To Wyoming. And forces the horse to commit to throw himself through the dessert. Into through the dessert. Into no a dessert. Into a car. Into a car. <laughs> and why? Wow. Why did and the why? person I, take I do s- think this fucking movie was needless misery porn. I don't quite agree with that, but why didn't the person who hit Lean on Pete with her car get out earlier? That's all I could think about. That whole scene. This is the question. The whole scene. This is the question that we will attempt to decode, (laughs) to answer, to interrogate, and ultimately solve on this episode of- I don't think we'll solve it. Movies- IMO. And that's what the podcast is called. This podcast is called Movies IMO. We are an investigative investigative podcast. We are journalists and we are here to get I to the heart of the matter. You are hosting. I am hosting. So that's why I'm going for it. Great. We are called Movies IMO. My name is Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. Today, as I just mentioned, we are attempting to solve this crucial mystery at the center of Lean on Pete. Hollywood studio filmmaking. (laughs) After discussing Lean on Pete, we will segue into another boy and his horse story called War Horse, directed by one Steven Spielberg, who is becoming a bit of a popular topic on the podcast. Is this our third? This is third. Well, we've we've talked about other Spielberg joints on the post episode. this is our... We've, Lean on Pete episode, but really this is our this is third. It's the War Spielberg Horse episode. episode. Yes, I mean <laughs> this is the Lean on Pete episode. We're going to talk about Andrew Hay, but we are mostly here to talk about could have been a masterpiece. Is basically War masterpiece War Horse. Your your problem is with the source material, and we'll get there. No, it's not. Another real reservation I have about War Horse and why I don't think it lands with the emotional impact is that it is trying to both be sentimental and realistic about the horrors of war and the advancing technological ad- yeah, that all works. of World we'll War One. It absolutely doesn't and we will talk about why it doesn't. Um Brandon? Oh what? Throwing it over to you. <laughs> oh Honey? um I I just wanna say about the woman not getting out of the car. We won't we solve We have a whole podcast to solve. We won't solve the mystery. I was Okay, so I didn't cry because I was thinking to myself, why is she not out of the car yet? I didn't cry because the moment is poorly done. I well, it's all bad. I didn't cry because I thought it was a punchline. So, oh, no. I think... Brandon did not laugh at that what? joke. What, what joke? I missed it. I was in my thoughts. I was having T-H-O-T-S. It's you fine. It wasn't funny. In your as you were saying. I was Lana Del Rey in my feelings. Ten times out of nine, you're in your feelings. 
What was the joke? Nine times Not out of ten. Even night. There is no joke. <laughs> Just move on. Speaking <laughs> of source material ruining something, Lean on Pete is that. I think the problem with Lean is on Pete... Is that based on something? It's based on a book. I didn't oh. know that. So I think that is why it's bad. Well, my... Andrew Hayes' direction is there. Well... Is Almost. It, it's really not. I mean, my, it's, 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 sometimes the direct, the it's there. Is one of the biggest sometimes problems. it's there. My central thesis for why Lean on Pete doesn't work is that Andrew Hay needs to get the fuck away from plot. That is not mm. what he does. That is not what he does. And I think that's same. why the book. So is, I'm agreeing It must with have you. been very like beat by beat yes. plot heavy. And because, he was trying to follow that. So here's, I'm going to bring it back to War Horse. <laughs> God damn it. Giddy up. In... <laughs> We need to rein this guy in. In War Horse, (laughs) you know the war is coming. It's in the title. It's in the title. And David Thewlis says, give me my money. There's a war brewing. (laughs) For 45 minutes. And the the horse has to learn to plow. We have to get through the whole first act of plowing. Ooh, ooh, can you open the pod with John Williams plowing? Plowing. Just play it on the guitar. And everyone, oh my god! Oh, is that plowing? Go get your guitar. That's just the whole theme. Will you? Will you strum? Will you strum the plowing theme? I don't know if I can. Like, I don't pick that way. No, no old country picking. You do chords. Have you had sex to plowing? No. (laughs) Have you plowed to plowing? No, I certainly have not. Not yet. Have you? Not yet. Let me make the point I was going to make. Oh right. Um. The problem of a huge, <laughs> there was a huge problem with Lean on Pete for me in that I know that they're going to set out on a voyage and I am waiting for the voyage to begin for the whole first hour. That's the, the same thing with War Horse. Movie. But in War Horse, I'm actually invested in what else is happening. How did you know for Lean on Pete that there was a voyage ahead? The trailer. Because I've seen the trailer and the poster. So just a boy leading the, his horse to water. The poster didn't lead me to believe there was a trailer. I actually oh. didn't know the plot of Lean on it Pete. It did not lead going you into to it. Pete. And I didn't watch the trailer. So I thought the whole movie was Chloe Sevigny and mm. Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. And when he leaves and kidnaps the horse, I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be in a lot less of the movie than they were. I did too. I thought, I thought they were, were going to be in more. I thought they would I had be no first idea. act only. And I thought we only really have been 80 minutes. <laughs> It was two hours long. It's, it's one nineteen. Too long. It's wait. It's Andrew Hayes' longest movie and his worst. And worst. I am. And I am always a big fan of like <laughs> insane plot diversions, such as the horse dying a full thirty-five minutes. I check my phone. Yes. I left my phone on. I usually don't, but I was so upset about this movie. <laughs> I turned it back on. 35 minutes were left in the movie. <laughs> it's like, I understand that Lean on Pete, the horse, represents, like, second chances, like, getting a new lease on life. And that's Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he loses everything. He and- wishes he could save him. That's the last line of the movie. You think he's talking about his dad, or explicitly he is talking about his dad, but he's just talking about the horse. I it's hate- all for that moment. The, the getting hit by a car? Yes. The headless woman moment. Well, I haven't seen the headless woman. Well, spoiler alert from our I Lucretia mean, Martel episode. She it. runs over a horse. Okay, you I heard it a here horse? first. I thought it was a person. It's not. But I was <laughs> oh. recently reading a guidelines, um, a guidelines for something about um, emotional support animals, mm. and the way that it was defined was as a dog or a very small horse. Oh. So. 
In the Headless Woman, it's a dog that's honestly not a fucking... If, you, if you're worried about spoiling a Lucretia Martel movie, you're looking the wrong way. But it might as well be a baby joke horse. that I was going to make? Mm-hmm. Huh? That cat people can't like Warhorse? Like, I think emotionally, it's impossible. I do like it, so you're wrong. <laughs> okay, where's your evidence beyond this table? What Ben means is that if you don't think it is a masterpiece, <laughs> it's because you can't think it's a masterpiece. Ooh. You've seen the craft of the movie. <laughs> the craft is immaculate, and we'll get to that later. I like the, and the way that he produces emotions through fairy tales. It's a fairy tale. It is not. It is absolutely not. It oh, is. Oh, I actually agree. It's a fairy tale. No, fairy it, tale. It, he is trying to do what Guillermo del Toro does so beautifully in Pan's Labyrinth, where he is able to blend together the harsh realities of war, the human cost, uh, not only on the body but also the soul. And this sort of imaginative cotton candy, anything can happen, E-E-E-E-E-E-E, and it does not blend. It does. It certainly doesn't. It does. It certainly doesn't, but you want to know what does blend? Is the dissolve between Emily Watson knitting Mm. into the the field of stone. Into the plowing. (laughs) That that took my breath away. The craft is It's a great moment. The way that the ridges of the yarn become the ridges of the field. I am just filleting the mic, everybody. Let's go back to Lena and for a archetypical moment. Or not. Like, characters. It just, it works for me. Okay, so Lean on Pete. This is a film about a young boy named Charlie. Uh, Charlie! What do you do with that horse, Charlie? Charlie! <laughs> so Charlie and his daddy have just moved to Portland, Oregon. Uh, Charlie's mom left them a long time ago. And Chili is trying to Chili, Chili, like like Sully or Chili's Tully. Sully, Tully, Tully. Ten dollars. Ch- Chili's already has been modest uh, several dollars once upon a time. Didn't you go to somewhere again where you could have gone to a Chili's? I okay. I'm happy to talk about this again. So um, I was doing some storage work, some family storage no, work. No, I can't hear this. Story. And <laughs> wait, no, 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 <laughs> not that. I was just waiting to get cut off. <laughs> hmm. Didn't you go somewhere? Didn't you travel again? Recently? I, no, I did not travel recently to go to another Chili's. I haven't been to a Chili's <laughs> since I was at that Chili's in rural North Carolina seven didn't days you, in a row. Didn't you leave Los Angeles specifically to go somewhere to go to a Chili's? Uh, did I go to Chile? <laughs> anyway. <could> st- <laughs> I mean, I did go to Wyoming. That's what I mean. To you, go to my aunt's Chili's. Yeah. You went somewhere and, and where you could have could gone not, to a Chili's. And I couldn't remember Wyoming. to visit my aunt's Chili's. And I couldn't remember... Which Chili's it was. So I was having to call all of her former co-workers, wow. say which one is my aunt's Chili's. And eventually I rolled up. And if you can believe it, you know how there's sometimes like a Starbucks in a Ralph's? There was a Chili's in this local library, <laughs> if you can believe in it. My library. In my, the Laramie local library. Yeah. My lead on Pete Which, log. by the way, Andrew. Okay, I get Laramie. it. I get it. But She's in Laramie. That's enough. My lead on Pete log Don't was, make this was your going to be, my aunt used to live in Wyoming. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, say say it on the microphone. Like you didn't just say that, just like it's off the cuff. My aunt used to live in Wyoming. Brandon, that is such a good call <laughs> to a lot. <laughs> I was thinking about Lawrence. Are you kidding? Why? Because I was. My friend gave it one star in Letterboxd. I was procrastinating quite God bless hard her. today, and I was on a video of "Let It Go" where they drop the octave every time she says "Let It Go." <laughs> 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 and in, wow. it's like B movie. It, yeah. <laughs> it turned into 
Darth Vader <laughs> <laughs> by the end. Let it go. Like Hal dying in 2001. Yes. Let it go. It was exactly like that. And, and on the sidebar was Moana, How Far I'll Go, which should have won the Oscar for I that agree. song. Correct. So I was just feeling enraged about La La Land, uh, which is a movie I like a lot, but... No, you don't but like how it a lot. I'll go. You used to love it once upon a time. I, I do love it. I Shame has ruined me. <laughs> the movie. Not on Warhorse. The Bergman film and the penis film. The penis film. <laughs> and L. What a double feature. What a triple feature. Seven time shame, shame L. can winner L. The cat won best actor. It won every <laughs> award. Mm. Mm. That cat. The judgmental cat. Uh. Just staring. I would love for that judgmental cat to have a go after that. Lean on Pete. That excited duck. <laughs> In my Ooh. head, like leading up it's to this podcast recording, it's a goose. I've been thinking about on Broadway, how Ben the goose like brought the house down every night. Was there a goose? Yes. In the show? There was an animatronic goose. That's why it's in the movie. Because it's like the most popular thing in the fucking play. <laughs> I, I'm so curious. Are there multiple horses in the play? Yes. How much puppetry? I don't remember. I haven't seen it. I've just read about it. Great. Because um, I was young. I did not get to go to the West End. Same. You Although, there. A, a very good friend of mine was one of the assistant directors. But speaking of theater, in just a week's time. Is I, it really that time of year already? I will be seeing. <gasps> Glenda Jackson, Laurie Metcalf, <gasps> and Allison Pill. On the Great White Way. And then the next day, <gasps> I will be seeing. All day. All day for eight hours. Ugh. Andrew Garfield, <gasps> Nathan Lane, <gasps> and mm. others that are not famous to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> famous to the touch. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So I'm not going to list their names. <laughs> Oh, okay. But, uh, Nathan Lane is famous to the touch. That's I said his Am name. I famous? Oh, sorry. I'm just like, still on famous. <laughs> I said and others that are not famous to the touch. <laughs> what quantifies famous to the touch? <laughs> like, what is the... What What are the factors? I would say that... They've been I would say that Joey. Movie. I would say that Joey from More Horse <laughs> is famous to the touch, and that people will travel three days and pay 100 British pounds because they touched him one time. You know what I'm saying? I do think that movie should end with the whistle at the end. Like, oh, over like an English moor. Like, <laughs> like the rolling hillsides. It's the just, mist. it is the perfect, it's just a, the, the fucking Spielberg thing of there has to be seven endings. But he reunites with the fucking horse and I cry every time. I do. It moves the me. The sound design is excellent with that little cuckoo, the you little whistle. You hear the whistle and the horse the turns and looks, and the horse wins his Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is about to get shot in the face. Yes! The second time. Well, the many times he, he's threatened with bullets. Roger Ebert, in his three and a half star review of War Horse, mm-hmm. opens his review by talking about that ending. Give that horse an Oscar. <laughs> that scene. It touches me. It touches... I mean, I have said on the podcast that E.T. is, like, the movie I would take to the desert island with me because it, like, moves me more than any other. And this is just, like, the war version of E.T., this movie. Uh, It is a war. It is not that at all. It is. E.T. takes place in a single-family home. It is all about how... (laughs) This takes place in a single-family home? For, like, a sec, like, 45 minutes. The emotional... And then he trots across continental Europe! The Ah! emotional through-line of... What do humans 
and non-humans mean to each other and who has a soul is the same. Yeah, probably my... And that's also the theme of every movie that... Probably my favorite thing about War Horse is how Spielberg is trying to make this broader point about how if we could just get over some things, us humans, if we could just get over our petty conflicts, we actually have so much more in common than we might think. Like when... And that thing that we have in common is horses. Is the horse. Which is... So dumb. That's not what it's saying. That's, I'm, just, I'm just joking. That's insane. I'm kidding. But it is dumb. And but that's not what it's saying. So well, great, because it's dumb. I mean, the horse is a <gasps> symbol. The horse I'm represents tenacity and courage and grace and getting over your uh, the things you don't want to do, like plow a field. And it's dumb. It's not dumb. Can we... The Go back to Lean on Pete. represents... <sighs> the horse is used by humans as a tool. That's right. No, the, the, moment, the moment where Joey faces off with the tank, uh-huh. which is like analog Ooh. versus digital, right. is the pitch that Donald Kaufman makes an adaptation when he is talking about the horse and the car that are racing. It's like... It's horse that, versus car. Funny. That is funny. Or like horse versus like something. I gotta that's rewatch what, that movie. That's what that moment in the film is where Joey and the tank are facing off and it's dumb. It's not <gasps> dumb. It's stupid. Guys, I can't stop thinking about Famous to the Touch. <laughs> it's my new favorite phrase of all time. Wait, I want to go back to Lean on Pete. You were trying to make a point before I sidetracked us about Chili's. Which I don't remember what that point was. The point that is was that this is a podcast ago. about solving a central question. That central matter. question is why didn't the lady get out of her that's, car and after such, hitting? Wait, Lean I have such a more interesting movie. Is why doesn't is the, the lady that the murder? She finally does get out of the car and she kind of just stands there. Yeah, but I also had the same thought. And she ripped that horse up, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucked up. Anyone listening to this who loved this movie, I'm sure is furious that we are not taking this big moment of gravitas and pathos seriously. Can I but... also just say, the reuniting with the ant feels so like, the ant's just like, oh, Charlie, what's up? Where the hell have you been, Charlie? And it's like, okay, so many how do you get from Portland to Wyoming? That feels like really, really fucking far. Is it even realistic that he, I'm like, gonna did Google, that? I'm going to Google map it real quick. I don't know, but I'm going to talk about something else, but related to War Horse? No. fucking goose, man. No, but I think the acting in Lean on Beat is so bad. Even Charlie Plummer? All of it. No. It doesn't, because, just because... I think Buscemi and Plummer are good. I think they're outstanding. I think they are doing what they are supposed to do, and I think it is flawed from a conceptual level, and that I don't think it works. No, I disagree. I mean, I think I think that what's his name, Charlie Plummer. I feel nothing. Is Charlie's name Chili? Charlie's name. Let me. I know fact he's John check. Paul Getty the third. The whole movie is held at a distance for me. Oh, but see, Charlie Thompson is spelled L E Y. Charlie Plummer is I E. Oh well, there you go. There you go. I There's agree, your except after Chal. I think that I think Charlie Steve Zahn is terrible. I think Chloe Sevigny is terrible. I think everyone else is great. Chloe Sevigny is fine. It's just bad casting. It is bad casting. And the reason she's why she's not that she person. works fine for me because that character is asked to care after Chully. That's all we need from her is this instant maternal connection. And, you get that from and I get her? that. I don't. I, she seems Good for you. she seems interested in the boy. Well, also, well, so, also having a life of her own. She doesn't. She's not his mother. She doesn't have enough time to be his caretaker twenty four seven. Like I was dreading the moment where he was like, maybe you could. 
adopt me. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't happen. But had that moment happened, she would have been like, Charlie. Well, he basically I... does it with the horse. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he asked the horse him. to adopt him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, I feel like some lines. No Google Map, by the way. I feel I... like some lines that that Chloe Sevigny's character says, like she, I feel like she repeats the phrase. Charlie, it's a horse. Don't get too attached. I feel like she repeats that phrase like five times. Every single horse movie has a moment when when, when some like, supposed sage elder is like, don't get too attached to horsey words. But I feel like she says it over and over she and does. over and yes. over Just like and say over. Just like over and over and over in the war horse. Do they say it over and over in the war horse? If they do, yeah. I didn't notice like I didn't lean on Pete. Well, it's because Chloe Seven U wasn't. Because Chloe Seven U said emotional it. manipulation in war horse moved you. And it's and not you. there in lean on fart. Sorry, we could not calculate. Tr- oh, on Petey Weedy. Petey Weedy. Petey Weedy. Toppy Woppy. Top Petey Weedy. It's about a 17 hour journey that is uh, about 1,100 miles, folks. What I will say I about Lena like, and Pete. That's not even my quibble. I, my I one... honestly feel like it would be less like uh, traumatizing. I know that's a long time, but. It would be traumatizing. Do you have to cross the Rockies? Where's he, Wyoming? Well, <laughs> no, he drives through. For the longest time, I thought when Scott, I thought it was Wisconsin, and it's I was like, top, Fuck. "Is it on top of Colorado? We're faggots here, and we <laughs> so faggots can't drive, gays can't, and and they also t- don't know geography." I can tell you every state capital, but I'm not going to try and answer this question. I'm not. I've done my the thing the where, like, try to. Put on the map the names of every state, and it is harder than you fucking think. It's hard. I, I can I don't do know that, what... except for no, no, no. Wyoming is above Colorado because Colorado is That's part of the I four corners. No, wait, hold on. That's what I just said. No, 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 I'm having my own interior dialogue. But is Wyoming part of the four corners? No, no, it's Colorado. Yes, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, <sighs> Arizona. Get this. I know that. Get this. Lean on Pete. The horse, I think, travels farther than Joey does. Because the thing about Joey, the thing about Joey, wow, the thing about pal Joey is that he's carted every time. No, thrown on the the bus. He is sometimes thrown on the bus. He's thrown under the bus and lean on Pete is thrown onto the car. Oh, the oh God. Joey, every time Joey finds a new owner, he travels like 10 miles and then Mm -hmm. someone kidnaps him again. So he basically gets as far like from here to the Inland Empire. So he's not asked for it to do very much. You are telling me. Who? Me? This is a, the proverbial you. Andrew Hay is telling me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the first car that spooked that horse. It was the motorcycles. It was the motorcycles. And, which and, room, which and Chale lost grip of the rope. The rope fucking broke. The rope broke. I want to know why that rope didn't break earlier. Well, because it's a device, and it's a device that fails. Well, because it's fake, because it's inauthentic. The one thing that I think... an inauthentic moment. He was having an inauthentic... Like, Kelly told... I forget who she was telling. I think this this question of inauthenticity is a good moment to just pump the brakes like that woman didn't do. On our insanity tonight? Yes. Hold on. Let's just calm it down. Let's pump the brakes like the lady didn't. Let's not hit the horse. How does she not see the horse coming? I know it's, it's dark not, outside. I don't care. There's a horse fucking galloping. <laughs> There's got to be something moving in the periphery this, of your headlights. This never would have happened. Never would have happened in a Spielberg movie because the sky would have been gold. It would have been <laughs> golden hour. 
Get your we, guitar. We I have been. Ben, go get your guitar and We would have been in I have a compliment. The Quiet Man, if this were a Spielberg. Okay, so it took us 30 minutes to bring up John Ford in the War Horse episode. I'm so honestly surprised it wasn't sooner. I've, I've been co- trying to. I do have a compliment for Lean on Pete. I do think do there is a interesting exploration of toxic masculinity and how Charlie is a sensitive boy trying to live in a world of men. Like when he goes to that track. one that's house. What, that's what's trying to be attempted. What, like, attracted the gay men to the project. Yes, yeah. the toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, and I think it could have been handled. There's a kernel, but it never quite pops. For me, it's like... I, there's no way I can I can thread the needle of this metaphor, but it's like already popped. Like I think that if you're talking about a kernel, it's an idea that's never developed. I think that he just pummels the idea home, like from the very beginning when the dad is like, "Got to date a waitress, son," and when he's like, "I oh, can open sure. a beer and like kicking like when, when he yeah, he, yeah. Needs his and he steals from a waitress and the waitress is like, "You're gonna steal from a waitress." Yeah, which <laughs> I didn't I didn't connect that. The, no, I'm just kidding. I'm a lot of talk kind of about waitresses in this movie. Yeah. If you want to watch a movie about waitresses, this is a movie watch about Adrian Shelley's Waitress. Okay, that's real it. America. Again, I'm going to pump the brakes because <laughs> if we are going... I'm going to be a, a dick. I'm going to be a dick too. <laughs> I just think it's important that we don't sound like we're doing a circle jerk here about the fact that we didn't take this movie seriously and that War Horse is cinematically rich and narratively idiotic, in my perspective anyway. Like, let's just stop for a second. Let's. I want to define some terms. I just want to define, not literally. I want to define dictionary. what terms you have to define. I know. Why is this movie? So, humanism, which is not present in Lean on Pete. That, this is not a gentle humanist epic. <laughs> I'm just saying. The moment Steve talk, Buscemi let's showed actually up, I was inter- so mad. Let, instead of making jokes, let's actually introduce some points. I can't. I can't not make jokes with this. No, we will make jokes, but let's episode. define some terms. And I said, what are the terms? And, then I and I'm trying to say. Talking. What? Wait, what is- we are trying to define the motive of the driver who hit Lean on Pete. We are trying to define. Wait, what is the what, question? What fa- What kind of famous? Famous to the touch. <laughs> Let's define that well, term. Lean on Pete becomes instantly famous to the touch <laughs> because he gets murdered by a car. He gets right. touched. Here, so here's what okay. <laughs> car. Here's sort of my the crux of what I'm trying to get at. It's actually not. I want to talk we about We're always very giggly on the Spielberg episodes. It's we are fucking ridiculous on the Spielberg episodes. We get lit on Spielberg. Okay, we weren't that lit on Ready Player One though. Yeah, we were. We, I had to proofread that episode. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Okay. Okay. I have points to make. Still, we, we all have points to make, but we are thirty minutes into this episode, and none of us have made a point. I think we've all made great points. We've so made far. points that are sort of dancing around the issue and are making us laugh. But here's the thing. I'm trying to answer the question. Why do we think it's funny that a horse is brutally murdered on screen? What? Why? Why isn't that a heart-wrenching moment Because for us? it's not, it's not handled well. I agree. You know but why? I'm saying like everything that leads up to it. Yes, Ben. We never see him bond with the horse. We sure don't. Correct. It's the shape of water problem. Correct. It's it the is. shape of water problem. Well, horrific. no. But oh, God, this correct. is not my room on that point. Yeah. But not your room on that, but correct. I think they I, I had that thought. There, you never like, actually see them bond. You no, never just, see the horse look at Charlie no. and, like, connect you never on see any Charlie level. Imprint upon, he never imprints upon him. No. It's, it's we like, see them go for a walk in a wide shot, and he's like... 
Pete, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> Pete, things aren't real good at home, and but but I also know what I'm gonna do. Stuff, but he's doing. They're doing the walk on the carousel thingy. Yes, but also I actually like that moment. But, but it's like they've already bonded at that point, right? And yes, I was like, yes. why? And, and, and Steve was saying, also, like, he sure has taken a liking to that horse. And yeah, we do have no idea of what the. But I also is. wonder this. I wonder if Hay is trying to turn the boy and his horse movie on its head and try to make the point here that the horse never bonded with Pete with with Charlie and that Charlie okay, is dragging him against his will I like that idea on this journey and it's meant to be depressing as fucking but, sad but, but, well, but the horse no, doesn't I'm, actually want to go with him no but I'm up to you I'm with you up to the point of it's because he's trying to make a miserable film I don't think that's what it is I think it's more about where you put your hopes and dreams and energy and like what relationships you invest My in. My butt though is that I don't if see that Charlie. Charlie doesn't learn that with the horse. Oh, like even his side of it. Yes, I don't you see don't, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him talking about it. I want to know why when Charlie sees the racetrack, he goes on and is like, "Dad, there's a there's a horse track. We ought to go." Yeah. Like, wh- why does he care about horses? Is it because he's a runner too? Yeah, I think that's what it is. The that's moment, not enough for me. The yeah. moment I realized he's not a horse person yet, I was like, he never oh, fed that horse. We're gonna, a cube we're sure. gonna go through the whole thing, and I was like, oh my god! I think I gasped in the theater when I realized we have to watch him like learn to do the horse thing and like get involved. And I was like, I just, I know this is a like a. I'm wishing the movie was a different movie, but you I were wishing it was War Horse <laughs> or Equus. No. I was, I'm always wishing a movie was Equus, <laughs> which I think we all should watch after this. <laughs> I thought it was homework. I, I was know. prepared I know. to view I know. it. And Richard Burton is there on his table. Stop the fucking therapist. that horse. <laughs> it's the best movie. Leave that horse alone. Sidney Lumet. Academy Award right. nominee. Sidney Lumet. I can't wait to view it. Sorry. Anyway, um, what was I saying? No, mm. I just... I thought he was gonna have been like a lifelong horse person, and he's not. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> or maybe track. he was, but we never got the information. Yeah, there's no. It's like Andrew Hay talks about and his other movies. Look, I'm gonna do something intellectual. I'm gonna bring in his other movies. He shows the characters in their daily life before the plot of the movie begins in such a beautiful and. Mm-hmm. In, in such an informative way. Yes. I know exactly who Charlotte Rampling is Kate. before the drama begins. I know mm-hmm. exactly who... Tom Cullen is. Yes, that's his name. And 40... I know his sad little routine and why it's a big deal that he ends up going to... And he sits to... in the shower. Yes. And in... that. I need, I need that... You understand why you understand why it's such a Ooh, desperate what? moment. In weekend. Oh, I You understand why it's such a, like, a desperate moment and like a grasp for connection that is mostly in vain when he goes to the gay bar after the party like he's not connecting with his friends he lives sort of a boring humdrum existence like he's just going to feel something Mm -hmm. and so when chris new comes in my example of that in looking is you know jonathan groff was a fat kid before he says he was a fat kid there are just like a lot of like food trauma issues that Uh are raised in the first few episodes and it's Mm -hmm. like episode five that he like just like casually brings it up but it's like it was there it's in the lining andrew Haig has brought this here just like for the first time when jeff says that like he's gonna go have a cigarette don't be cross with me Mm -hmm. based on the body language and the blocking we know that kate is later gonna say like i just don't want us to start smoking again like we know that that has been an issue in the relationship and not just like uh Oh, you're such a shrew, Kate. Like, don't get on my case about this. Like, Mm -hmm. we have this sense of shared 
history. Hmm. And it's because he is so great. And I don't have with his actors. I like in 45 years when Kate wakes up early, but then she progressively sleeps in longer. Hmm. I'm obsessed in 45 years with the shots of the landscape where Kate is walking the dog. Yes. And we all know that the dog is a metaphor for the relationship, right? Because, like, in the beginning, like, she has a tight... Or or just, like, the security of her life. Sure. So in the very beginning, when she's walking the dog, like, she's got him on the lead. Like, Mm -hmm. they're very close. It's all under control. And Mm -hmm. then eventually, like, she loses the dog. And the the establishing shots end up being much further out and wider. And she has far less control. And the dog is not as close by her side. And that correlates with where the couple is. But Mm -hmm. more importantly, because I think it's more Kate's movie than Jeff's movie. Right her grasp over her life mm-hmm. as it as it uh, grows less tight the dog has more distance yeah. yes and then she eventually just stops walking it yeah and and there's a and reason jeff why wakes up before her mm-hmm. but when jeff is like i thought we'd go take the dog for a walk like, it's this fake out it's yeah. this fake out that everything's solved yeah and then at the end of the movie she has that look where she's like my whole life has been a lie <laughs> I'm, I've been screaming a lot on this pod. It's We're having a lit night. <laughs> it's lit. I thought um, I was going to be able to take a nap before this podcast. Lit on hay. And I was very worried when my boss stayed much later than he planned to initially. Wow. I wasn't going to be able to take a nap. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to like get hype. And here we are. No, I'm here we hype. are discussing. Hype. We're here for the hay episode. And I'm mm. spelling it H-A-I-G-H and H-A-Y. Nice. In hey. this episode, it has more than one meaning. And we're back. And hey! We had a so, commercial break. We were talking about we'll all, Lauren Weedman. It'll all be edited out, but we did have a commercial break. Yes. <laughs> Lauren Weedman deserves the world. We're so dehydrated from this episode already. I feel like laying on Pete in that desert, you we're know? We're 45 minutes into this episode, and I Ben is sweating. Schwitzing. <laughs> Schwitzing. He's perspiring. I'm upset and I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> For what? Okay. Let's talk. My eyes twitching. Let's talk about Let's talk about Lauren Weedman okay. in Andrew Hayes looking. Sure. I will say first and then I'm just gonna lean back and let y'all have this conversation. I have not seen all of Looking, nor have I seen the movie. Boo. But but as I have said on this podcast before, if I've seen a season to a season and a half of your show, it means that I love it. Looking is only two seasons. And I've seen season one and the first like three episodes of season two. You thought you had me in a trap there, but you didn't. No, I'm just saying a season and a half, you're almost at the end. But like probably only like two or three episodes of season two. Yes. So I'm going to recuse myself. Ten episodes each are a half hour. But Lauren Weedman's less- in season one. Yeah, but that's, that's a good point. I guess I've seen enough. Less than the length of Jean Dielman. That's true. And I watch that movie every Friday night. Mm-hmm. Ben, you rewatched looking the movie. I just want to talk about the moment that I just remembered that, that you made cried me cried at. That, uh, that I just remembered. I was trying to think what moment made me cry. And it was the moment where Lauren Weedman uh, accidentally reveals in the bar to Patrick that she's going to have a baby with uh, Malik. Mm hmm. And just her delivery of every single line in that scene is just pitch perfect. She and she's just so good. She deserves the best more. career. She deserves more. She deserves more. She deserves more than guest spots on Roseanne and Will and Grace. After looking, I just thought there would be more. To I quote thought, Patty Arquette from Boyhood, I just thought there would re- be more. In regards to Lauren Weaving's career, I just thought there would be more. Before I make this claim, yes, Andrew Hay did direct the episode where her father died. 
and that is i think oh the funeral episode the best episode of the show and it's not because it's not about the gay men <laughs> it's about the girl but it's because it's such a perfect distillation of what he does it's just in scene one she gets a text message that her father is dead they get in the car to modesto and it is just four people together experiencing pain for half an hour yeah that's andrew mm -hmm. the the most memorable moment from that episode is when they're dancing in this in the club to Mm -hmm. what song is it it's like a like such a classic like feel good remember, song dance. and then all the club so... scenes have blurred together in my heart and then it's just like the hardest cut and to silence and them at the funeral yeah and it's so fucking good mm-hmm. that episode love... is just stunning is that season two yeah well you have something to look forward to daniel i sure do at all right we can Doris's be done his father isn't a character so i can say that he just dies at he some just point. dies i i gathered um, but you get to see like you've seen Joey... the Russian River episode, yes. Which what it, episode? The season one premiere. They drive up season to two. Yes, yeah, sorry. The season two premiere. They drive up. Oh, to in Rico, the woods, and they go on uh, that. That good episode. episode is my high school because I grew up there. And you know I have been there a number of times. Um, I grew up along... where that where they go to that cottage and there's I, a sex party. No, sex I party, grew but... up off the Russian River. Is that where that is? Uh-huh. Oh. And when I was young, when we would drive through Guerneville on the way to the beach, we were Which told, is gay. We were told, roll up the windows because <gasps> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> In this little one street town. There's going to be like a Molotov cocktail when it's a popper's bottle yes. thrown into the window. What, like, like gays are going to clamor yeah. into your windows? I think it was like... Early 90s AIDS fear. Oh, like AIDS might float through the window? Might come in through the window. Thanks. My grandparents lived on the main road of Guerneville, but more towards the farm area. Well, I will say that Andrew Hay is really good at vividly sketching these invisible forces that creep into our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's doubt, whether it's love, whether it's uncertainty. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Does he do that in Lean on P? No. No. Uh, no. But I will say, I, I think that I probably am the only one who cried more than once in this movie. Oh, I didn't cry. To I quote Ariana Grande, I do not feel a single emotion. I'm just going to keep doing this joke. I had no more tears left to cry for Lean on Pete. I cried Thank you. a lot in Lean on Pete. Really? Yes. I mean, because, when? Because it's... Here's when? why. <laughs> uh, first, let me tell you why I cried. So Andrew Hay usually... Did you feel for the characters? I cared for I him. I truly did not. I cared for Chully. Oh. What about Steve Zahn? No. We'll get to that. <laughs> that third act, We're not Steve Zahn introduction, made me audibly groan. When he says, hey, what's your name? And I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, it's the bear from Dr. Doolittle 2. What? I have a problem with the Steve casting. Steve Zahn plays a bear a in Dr. Doolittle 2. Right, but let's. I wanted to talk about this, yeah. and then we can talk about that. Fine. Are we going to just, right. just all talk together? I'm not even trying to be combative, blah, blah, but I'm blah. positive it'll sound like it. <laughs> Why the hell do you cast Steve Zahn in that role, which becomes a very mercurial character, sort of a bait and switch, mm-hmm. where we think he's this kind nomad. But then he drinks. And he ends up being a but he mean drunk. He drinks. He's a mean drunk. Charlie. Get out of here right now! Get out of here, Charlie! I mean, Winnie, Winnie smacks him with a crowbar. 
Charlie bit him with the crowbar. Yes. Charlie, you Charlie. bit Charlie. But, but why the hell do you cast Steve Zahn a, a face, a name, more importantly, a voice? Why do you cast him in this pivotal role of... The Drifter. The Drifter. I feel the Takes same way, though. Takes you out Good fucking question. And you know that Buscemi. he's going to have a bigger arc. Right, right. Because he's him. Because he's him. I feel and the same just... way about Buscemi, even though, like... Buscemi. You know the minute... Is it really you, Buscemi? You know the minute you meet him, even if it wasn't a famous actor, you would know this is a big character in this story. But I still have a problem with the fact that it's someone I know... And I have a problem with the fact that it's someone so tied to New York City. Yeah, I actually think that he did a great job of blending into the rural wallpaper. I except thought, for his, I thought so too. Except for his introduction. Because the first thing you hear that character says is like, God damn it! Or something. And that's it's totally so weird. wrong and false that, to me. It's so that weird. That is the moment that lost me. We were discussing... I was trying to pinpoint it and I knew. That's the moment. It that's the, the moment the movie lost you? Buscemi. I was like... No, nope. I think he's. I think he's very good in the film. I think he's quite soulful. I think you. I think you buy that this is a guy who had all of the hope and optimism beaten out of him, and now he's just completely a real politique, uh, Machiavellian wise guy. But the yeah. the moment that the movie lost me was also Steve Buscemi, which is that in this movie that Hay is very clearly trying to make about the current state of things in America. I will follow up on that in a minute. We are introduced to a character played by Steve Buscemi, who we are made to understand is so broke that he can't get attached to a horse. And the second a horse underperforms, he sells the horse. That's in what he has no wiggle room in his life financially. As soon as the horse isn't making money, he's got to get rid of it because he's got to get money now. He's going to make some money selling the horse to Mexico. So why, why the fuck does this character take one French fry off his plate at the diner and then leave his sandwich, get up from the table and exit the restaurant in, in this movie that Hay is trying to make about the working rural white poor in this country. Mm -hmm. I, probably make more money than that character does annually and i don't leave food on my plate mm -hmm. that moment also threw me but my my like reasoning with myself i don't know what i'm trying to say but i thought maybe he left it because he thought chale would eat it then why wouldn't he say like here have my food yeah i know it's a terrible moment and it threw it took me out of it can too. we talk about andrew hey didn't know trying that, to you talk didn't notice can we talk about Andrew Hay trying to talk about America? Yes. Okay. Because that's the problem. Well, we can do popcorn style. But... I'll say an issue, then you say an issue. Okay. Like, well, or someone else can start, but I will just say first. <laughs> so I will start, actually. Andrew Hay thinks he's making a movie about America, but forgets that we don't have the same healthcare system as them. Chully's dad in no universe has healthcare. Okay. The fact that Chully's dad ended up in the hospital for such a serious procedure, that should be the main tension of everything with the hospital. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to afford the ambulance that came here? Right, I thought about that. How do they afford the ambulance? They don't. I, Why the fuck isn't Chully's of, dad saying, like, no, Chully, like, you got to get me out of here. Like, rip out my IV. Let's go. Get the car running. Because I can't. I don't. How are we going to pay for this? bill? How are we going to pay for this bed? But is that the book? 
I have no idea if it's the book, but Andrew Hay, again and again, and we can talk about the veteran stuff, like, is trying to make a movie about what it's like for poor people in America right now, and he, he doesn't even bring up the idea that having... Jesus, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> having a character in the hospital is not a life-threatening issue, not just because of the injury, but because there's no way this family can pay for this. Yeah, yeah. It, it is... It rings so false to me, and it mm-hmm. never recovers. Um... Just that reminds me of this is a much smaller example of that in the sh- the television program Looking. <gasps> people are always referring to their friends called Michael or their friends called Chris, and Americans don't use the word called in that way. And people always have to go to the toilet in Looking, and Americans don't say I have to go to the toilet. Oh, do characters in Looking say I have to go always, to the toilet? Always, no one refers to it as the bathroom ever. And they're like, "Hey, hey, a man called Chris." But it's I'm like, why is it week. like? Could you lend me a couple and it's pounds? Like, but it's why like John Hoffman is the highest ranked American on that program, and he's a great writer. And it's like, yeah, why is he never? He's an executive producer on the show. Why is he never like? This should be the word name. He's like, Andrew, why do you keep calling the Bart the Tube? It doesn't work that way. This should be the word bathroom. These are Americans. Or just, I'm going to pee. I mean, Michael Michael Lannon is American. The writer's room are, I think, all American. But somehow. (laughs) It's so interesting that that sneaks through. Frustrates me. It's frustrating. Because, by the way, Weekend and 45 Years are two of the most perfect movies made of, you know, the last... 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Andrew Just Hay. Just like War Horse. We'll get, to, we'll get to War Horse. Will we? Unlike War Horse. I think we did. <laughs> oh, I honestly haven't even gotten started on my War so Horse conversation. <laughs> Andrew Hay directed my second favorite episode. film of the year twice. With both Weekend and 45 oh. Years. It was number two. Next Weekend to Shame and Carol, respectively. Is now my number one of that year. And I what would, year and was I would that? now place it above Shame. What 2011. Year? That was the year. War uh, Horse came out. And no, Tintin, War- and Tintin, War- which is the superior me, Spielberg film that year. Excuse me, Warhorse was 2010. No, no, it was not. I can. All right, I'm wrong. 100%. Goodbye. It was 2011. All right, shut the fuck As up. As was Tintin, which is the more complete vision. <laughs> cry Tintin succeeds at everything it sets out to do well. without a false move. Even if it's a sillier movie, it is not as cinematically um, compelling. Or, or that's the wrong word. Tintin is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I've almost <laughs> never had more fun in the movie theater than I have I'm watching glad. Tintin. I, I know the room agrees. Wow, did I not see Weekend in 2011? I saw Brandon, you'll love this. I saw this. it on my birthday. Brandon, I must have saw it after the fact. Guess where I saw it's it. It's not on my list. Guess where I saw it. In London? No, I, I was going to school out here in sunny Southern California. Oh, what we what? I saw it at the Sundance Sunset 5. <gasps> can you believe? Is that at the can land? you believe? You saw a gay the film land. there? At the gay theater. Cinema. At the gay theater? Can you believe? Does anyone else want to say anything about this movie's <sighs> failure to capture no, America? I, I, I can't I, remember I, specifics, but it is in the small details, mostly. And it's just like the things that he glosses over, and it is... Like that poor daughter. The poor girl, yeah. The poor yes. girl. And this is where, like Brandon was saying, the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy of America he, really shines. He, tr- he tries. Oh, it's no. there, but it's like it's not... I have so much love for Andrew Hay. Like, I don't think that... This is not such a failure that I don't like this filmmaker anymore. It's just that he didn't succeed. I mean, it, he was try- He was a noble attempt, and he failed. He failed. He, f- he tried to honor a culture and failed. He failed. And 
I, I just want him to make another gay movie. But, Brandon, the climax of the film is set in Laramie. Uh, and, and the whole idea of, like, the veterans coming back from the war and they're all, um, you know, they're completely desensitized to the horrors they saw. Yeah. I actually think that works okay. But it just feels like decoration. It doesn't actually feel like an honest exploration to me. Like, they're playing violent video games. Right. Because they're soldiers. Honestly, I, I was need like, more. oh my god, I can't believe you stumbled across this gay couple in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so broke back. Because my dad fans. had the gay uncle situation. And they were always told, like, that's the ranch hand. <laughs> and, like, my dad always knew. <laughs> like, like they're, is that, they're, is that, uh, they're fucking. They'd is go, that Zeke? Is that Huck? They'd go visit in Idaho, and my dad was like, 100% these people sleep in the same room. <laughs> like, There's no way around <laughs> same that. Same stable, very close quarters. <laughs> no, I, I had problems with the hospital stuff, too. And not, not, I didn't think about the healthcare aspect of it, but I just didn't like those scenes in general. I don't like, like any of the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy, the nurse, or whoever it is, the doctor, nurse, I don't know, the guy. Let's call him. He's got to be a doctor. Who, like, tells him that your dad died. I was like, he, the way he delivers like say, that. Let's call him an actor. In, the actor. In, it felt very actory. In the long, in the tradition of Pedro Almodovar, none of the bit parts are ugly and congratulations to gay men everywhere this is sort of like correct he's todd, not, todd hayes casting hot, tommy but tucker he's and carol a gay. casting the gay guy from all of kittredge yes whose name i wish i could remember does anyone know it Corey. he's very good friends with uh, jeffrey mccran did you know that they're friend like, of the podcast they're like old buddies who Corey from michael what? smith is that it it's Corey michael smith he plays tommy tucker in the major motion picture he's carol. the guy with that she holds the gun to that records them. How dare you? And he's you. the guy that wants to kill himself in all of Kittery. Oh, yeah. I was for Halloween that year. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh thing my god, do you have a photo? My favorite thing about you. No, and it's just like it was. It's literally just jeans, a white hoodie, and a sweatshirt. A white hoodie, a white shirt, and a hoodie. And I wore a sign that said, "I'm this character from all." Of I was gonna say because <laughs> you'd spend the whole night being like, "Actually, I'm this guy." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. One time for Halloween, I. Dress. Let's see if, it, if you guys can guess. I dressed in a bathrobe, and I wrapped my entire leg in toilet paper, and I wore a camera around my neck. You did what? Say it again. Bathrobe, covered my whole leg in a toilet paper cast, wore a camera around my neck. I would have what had a year? wheelchair if I Rear could. Window? Yes. Oh, nice. And I went to a fucking theater party. And nobody got it. Wow. So all I had was a dirty leg I of dirty toilet say, paper. Because you first just said eight toilet paper wrapped around my leg. I know. I I, 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 I elaborated until you said really cast. like a white leg in with a with well because I'm camera. I'm because I'm a homosexual. I'm immediately thinking of women who have done that. So until you say a cast, <laughs> got it, got it. I'm just saying. Why wouldn't you be in drag? You're a homosexual on Halloween. You dressed up as Frances McDormand. I sure did. So I dressed up as Frances McDormand at a party, and I'm not going to name names, not that any of these people listen to the podcast, but some of I I overheard some of my closest friends talking shit about my Frances McDormand costume. Wow. Because they thought I was trying to be like really high and mighty by doing a costume no one would get. Wow. Wow. Can you believe? Can you believe? <gasps> Speaking of Halloween costumes, and back to the the um, Andrew Hay uh, work looking. Mm. Uh, mm. Pat, mm. Mm. 
Patrick, mm-hmm. when he dresses up. With his video game. When he dresses up as Gordon <laughs> from Half-Life, I squealed. And I believe the episode is called Looking for Gordon. Yep. Or something like that. It's like looking for Mr. Goodbye. Sure is. And I know gays have problems with looking. They They're wrong. It's a great show. But, you know, we have so little gay media I, that it can't it's, for be. Me it's, it's not the, one thing can be for everyone it's the at same, all times. It's the same commentary Just around Love, Simon, where it's like, that's not a gay kid. I mean, Mariah Carey's not on his Christmas playlist. He's clearly like such, you know, retreating into himself all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I walk around my life now wrist first. And when I was in high school, I was so scared to show myself. Like, mm-hmm. those gay kids exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about looking, which is that, like, some gay people are just, like, living their fucking lives, talking to their friends, and having sex with men. Mm-hmm. And just because they're not going on stage in drag doesn't mean that this isn't a worthwhile gay story to tell. Correct. Not one story can be everyone's story at once. Correct. It does not always have to read universality. Universality. Um, do you think, can you believe, do you think if Looking was on the air, if Looking premiered now, would there be more or less gay, gay lash, gay backlash than there was? I think there'd be even more because everything has more like, but, backlash now. I think well, Love, Simon did get backlash. But Love, Simon got more love than backlash. Let gay people be boring on screen, for the love of God. I do think there would be more vocal support. Now. Yes. Because there was more vocal back backlash then, and, and, and it was because they claimed boring, I really think which that, is what you just said. Yeah, I really think Everyone thought it was boring. On your circle, like, mm-hmm. that is what I was hearing, but I was hearing what the internet was saying. Um... And the internet is not reality, especially in 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. or whenever Looking came out. Like mm-hmm. The gays in my life at that time thought Looking was boring. Same. Okay. I had a lot of people say it was boring. But there were also the defense think pieces that were like, allow gay men to be boring. All of the all of the like gay film people I was good friends with then, it was a lot of, I love the look of this show. And mm. That was the only. I love sure. the mood of the show. That's all they could say. I love the look of it. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, I just, I just wonder if. Can we talk about Warhorse? Yeah, I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's talk about 45 years. We didn't really touch on that a lot. Yeah, I just want to say that in 40. 40- is Weekend Criterion? Yes. <gasps> it is. Yes, bitch. Mm. All right, gonna buy mm. that right now. Something, right. That is, right. something that is very strong about Lean on Pete that I think is an under-discussed aspect of both 45 Years and Weekend, for that matter, is that as much as a <laughs> chamber... horse is dying. <laughs> that was a dumb joke. I have to do it. <laughs> but, I liked the, but I liked it nonetheless. Thank you. Even though these are chamber dramas, 45 Years and Weekend anyway, these are chamber dramas about people, about... Emotional truths about devastating realities, blah, 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 blah. Hay has a... Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm trying to get to a point. Blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to get to a point, and obviously no one's trying to sound smart on this episode, or I'm not anyway. I've never tried to sound smart. Yeah, same. I've tried occasionally. (laughs) Um, But not too hard. Um, Hey. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) You bitch. What? I'm just being authentically myself. I am authenticity. authenticity. Soft to, 
Touch to the famous. What is it? Famous, famous to the to touch. touch. Authenticity. <laughs> I forget it every 15 minutes and then I'm reminded and it's funny all over this again. This is like we're sitting with Drew Barrymore on 51st Dates. <laughs> oh my God. I have, I have Alzheimer's. Classic movie, 51st Dates. That, wow. Is that Adam Sandler's only good movie? Oh, aside from Punch Truck Love. Uh, funny people, so Meyerowitz stories. Uh, Happy Gilmore. I like Happy Gilmore. Billy I like Ma- Happy Gilmore Billy and Billy Madison. Is my favorite. But I I cannot fuck with Little Nicky. I, I cannot no, no, fuck no, no, with no, Little no, 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 no. Billy Madison is one of the most joyous filming experiences. I really do love the moment when comedy. when Billy when he pees his pants and then and then he makes everyone feel better about peeing your pants. He, and it it's makes warm. it cool to pee your pants. I just like the uh, moment when he confidently like gives his answer on stage at the end of the movie and the judge is like that is the single dumbest thing I have <laughs> ever heard in my life. Andrew Hay does a great job of enmeshing his characters in the natural world and having that reflect their interiority. Interiority. And I'm not just talking about the dog walks in 45 years. I include the urban landscape of Weekend. Mm. The boys on the bridge on the bike. Mm-hmm. And the sky. And then in Lean on Pete, when we get those overhead shots of Chully and Lean on Pete, like trekking through the bur- like the desert brush, mm-hmm. I like that shit. He leans on, on Pete. Why is the horse called Lean on Pete? Because it's how horse names. It's are. a horse name. Horse names are like that. Lean on Pete. Call Ticketmaster, which is also what about on the Joey? Joe song. Joe, Joe, what the? He was Joey. not a race horse. In He's a thoroughbred. Oh, oh, it's a he is race an English horse. speaking thoroughbred. And so I will, race horses have weird names. I will thank names. you kindly if you respect Joey a little more from here on out. Jesus Christ. He's a marvelous horse. Race horses are like full sentences. It's like the car hit the horse. That's the name of the horse. Bringing us back to the central mystery of this episode. <laughs> and coming around the bend, we have the car that hit the horse coming around the bend here. Ba-boom! <laughs> You know that car would win a race because it never breaks. Did you know that the Boss Baby is a series now? A television series? <laughs> On Netflix. Uh, My sister listened to Tiffany Haddish's memoir. memoir. Shut the fuck up. On the audiobook? Her memoir. Does she read it? Obviously. So. She was like, it's so good. My sister, who's visiting on Friday. Everyone, thanks. Oh. Thanks. Wow. We're gonna go to San Diego because it's Martin's birthday. He turned six wow. years old. What is that, Brandon? Oh. Brandon! Something oh! the net. I was looking up to be Haddish's <laughs> memoir and then the gif of the woman on the laptop clicking away. Oh my god. I'm just like, look, I can't even see him. There's just this <laughs> fog in front of me right now. Ah! Alright, what else about Leon? The fog P? in 45 years on English. Look, you're not Lucretia Martel. Lucretia. 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 Yeah, you got corrected on that. In a job interview one time. Lucretia Martel. Lucretia. Um, hey, this isn't that episode. We're in like weeks, a, we two episodes, weeks away. Two weeks away if from you that. Are, okay, I'll put it on. Okay, if, if you made it this far into this episode and you listen to the podcast and you like to listen every week, first of all, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And also, we will be discussing the work of Lucretia Martel in a few weeks leading up to Zama. Zama. Even if you are living in a city that doesn't have access Zama. to Zama, you can listen to the episode. We will be spoiling Zama. Zama. But we will also be discussing the Holy Girl. Keep going. This is good. Zama. This is good. This is good. Like, oral sound. This is good soundscape, you know. Sama. 
we will be talking about the headless oh, woman. Oh, because Lucretia loves sound. And we'll be talking about La Cienega. If, if Lucretia Martel had a film magazine, she would call it Sound and Sight. Am I right? Sama. <laughs> Sama. All right. I want to go back to Lena. Wait, P. before we end Lisa this Sama. Lucrecia moment, Sama. I just have to bring up the fact that on night two of the Q&A, when the hot faggot uh, stepped in translator said, Yeah, I'm sad I missed that. The young His faggot. His name is Zeke. Was Ooh. it? Like the, like the ranch hand in The Wizard of Oz. Ooh. He, she said something about my first three films. And oh, this he is good. said, my first, he translated my first three films, The Salta Trilogy, and then continued. And she, when he was done, Mira. she went into him on referring to it as The Salta Trilogy. Because she doesn't not like that. refer to it, it as The Salta Trilogy. But it's so funny what to is me. Mira? Like, what is Mira's, Mira's look? look. Mira. Up. And she, she also says, fuck when, when someone, she starts every sentence with Mira. No, she does the other, she does this other thing where like, as soon as she under like, you're the, you're asking her a question. As soon as she gets to Jessica, Jessica, she just goes, okay, claro. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Cool. Like, just shut up. Like, claro. I got, I got the meat of the question. I fucking love her. Claro. Okay. Sama. 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 All right. This Sama. isn't the Zama episode. you. Sama. Faggots. This is not the best film of 2018 episode. No, it is Honestly, not. Honestly, like, I have it five on my list right now. It's gonna... What, bitch? All right! I, gonna, I, I gonna, am leaving your ass in Paraguay. Don't ask me for a letter. It's going higher. Calm down. It is at maybe second to Lynn. To Lynn. Lynn's my number two. What's your number one right now? Zama. Oh, Zama. Duh. Okay, so let me... Sh- All right! Let me, share, let me share a moment from therapy, because I'm not gonna remember it by the time we get to the Zama episode. So I go to therapy on. So time. we're segueing into the Zama episode. Yeah. So this I go to the Zama episode. It is for the next cu- for the next minute. I can do this in a minute. So I go to therapy on yeah. Saturdays. On Friday night, we saw Zama at the Billy Wilder. Zama, Zama. And I walk into therapy and Zama Lama. I'm just like Zama Lama Lama. Zama Lama delicious. <laughs> I am lit on Zama. Zama is my zaddy psychologically wow. in this moment. I go into therapy and I'm like. My God, like this woman, she's amazing. Like she does these crazy things with sound. She sort of has like this very physical, like visceral intensity, blah, 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 blah. And then my therapist goes, oh no, I, it's so nice to hear you talk about her for a second week in a row. And then I had to go, huh? Female filmmaker, obsessed with sound, visceral. Honey, you're mixing up when I was talking about Lynn Ramsey last week and Lucretia Martel this week. But they're like soul sisters. Truly. Yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. And we will talk about that on the Zama episode. Zama. This has been the Zama Zorner. So anyway, this is the Lean on Pete episode. <laughs> and I have something to say. Okay. Is it Zama? <laughs> is it giddy up? Is it, is it Walk on, Joey! Walk on! <laughs> the way you just said. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk One thing to say about Lena and Pete. And the one thing is this. That boy likes to run. <laughs> Why does he run like that? It's such an optimistic ending. That's insane. I think it's melancholy. I think, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. No, the song is literally about hope. It's like, what hope? The song is like, live your life. 
Oh my god! You okay? okay. The ending right, is okay. terrible. I'm the ending up, is terrible. I am standing up against you, cynical motherfucker. The ending is so bad. I could I'm tell. I'm not saying it's good, but two he's a, he's people a in the audience saw my facial expression when I got up to leave, and I saw that they were not amused. <laughs> I was dying. The elderly woman sitting three seats down from me, who sobbed through the last act, would not have. Been the people pleased. at the my, landmark applauded. My audience. It was a hit my, at the arc light. My, audience was very neutral i had a few gays and a few like people who walked into it who like just blindly walked in and didn't even know what they were seeing and everyone walked out in complete silence like immediately after credits roll like no one was crying no one was affected i had a few sniffles yeah i I cried because i have a heart well well that's how i feel about war horse i think that the (laughs) no that's not such a wild thing to say i mean when when that horse is Crawling through that barbed wire, I when challenge you not to be leaps moved. across the trench and then runs this way, and the camera moves, and then the horse jumps back and almost doesn't make it. Here's my favorite camera move what? in War Horse. me. So Spielberg is of course known for that close up where he zooms in yeah. on you from below. The first time he does it on Joey. I'm here to tell you, I not only busted my gut, but I busted Brandon's guts. Wow. I was laughing so hard. Oh. I can't believe he gave Joey like the the, the Spielberg, Spielberg the noble whoosh. whoosh. <laughs> yeah. The Spielberg I whoosh. It. I love it. Killed in the me. March Madness bracket, in the faggot bracket of The Faggot Briquette. The Faggot Briquette of No Man's Land scenes. This is up there. Is it up there? Well, I Does think Does it Is it up there? This is when I'm going to introduce something. The finale would be between War Horse and the original All Quiet on the Western Front. Sure. That's it. Where's Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. I was. Oh, my God. The one thing I meant to say was Wonder Woman. It makes it. It's great. A few rounds. What's great about Wonder Woman's No Man's Land is it is sort of the. What about Sucker Punch's No Man's Land? Which I saw on my birthday. (laughs) That's not a film I've seen. I think that the Wonder Woman No Man's Land is sort of the crystallation of what the whole movie's about. Like, the fact that it chooses to do a No Man's Land scene and make it all about destroying bullets rather than firing them. Mm. It's an anti-war film. Wow. I love the film. Wow. 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 War Horse. War Horse. Yes. Another World War One movie that we all might have seen is Paths of Glory. I do like Paths of Glory. Here's an idea. I think that War Horse actually predates Ready Player One in Spielberg's most explicit homage to oh, Stanley Kubrick. Sure. This movie owes oh. a lot to Barry Lyndon, and it owes a lot to Paths of Glory. No spoilers on Barry Lyndon. I no spoilers on Barry Lyndon. You in your little thread, you had Barry Lyndon, and then you put War Horse in the same thread. I it's did. also a Casey Musgrave. Thanks for the like. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, wow. Through line. That's exactly right. Uh, ben, why don't you get your guitars? Pluck us a few Get-y notes. Up. But Barry Lyndon Is and War Horse are both picaresque Can stories that take us across no. continental, take us off of England onto cont, or I guess it's all on continental it, Europe. It, it doesn't actually. Barry Lyndon is goes from Ireland to England, I think. Oh, but it's this wow. idea of like trekking across the continent, even if we're on the islands of. Great of Britain, Europe. of the United it's Kingdom, not you know, Europe not Great Britain, anymore. the United Kingdom. They left Europe. That's true, ago, but it wasn't. It ago. wasn't when Warhorse was made. I like when, but it's this like serial comic tone. 
there are similar visual schematics. We get a lot of reflections in water. There's this whole idea of how uniforms set against conflict and the natural oh, landscape are then exposed as ridiculous and how pomp and circumstance is a performance that ultimately has no bearing in the natural world. Mm. And Barry Lyndon is all about that. And so is Warhorse. Wow. And Warhorse also wow. is hugely indebted to Kubrick for its trench warfare scenes, especially the way the camera moves. And for the blurry. the humanizing of a non-human object. Of course. Um, I like when the windmill moves and they get murdered. I feel like you're of course there's the a scene where Joey, of course, has the one eye that is painted black with the eyeliner, and he drinks mm-hmm. a glass of milk, and it's mm-hmm. the very explicit Clockwork Orange reference. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to miss um, that. You're going <laughs> when Joey pushes the old man into the river. I mean, that's wow. very hard to miss. Oh my god, you are going when the barbed to, wire tears uh, his eyes open. Very hard oh. to miss. Oh. Uh, you're gonna roll your eyes at this, but I'm gonna bring up Robert Bresson. No, go for it. In, Donkey movie? Yeah. I'm going to bring up... I've never heard it said aloud or said it aloud. Alhazar Balthazar. <laughs> Wait, say it again without me talking over you. Alhazar Balthazar? Sure. Great. I don't speak French. That sounds right. Um, Balthazar Getty. I... Keep <laughs> <you> going. <laughs> Heavy sigh. I just think this movie gets... To the heart of what it means to be alive. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I'm sorry. Keep going. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, uh... Nice. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Plowing. It basically Joey says loves to plow. that... He does. It's a movie that says humans are garbage. <laughs> and there's... No. No, it's It not. does. Because right. it says that they go to war. Oh, sure. No, that's exactly wrong. Because there's but no what about when they throw the clippers over the yes, gang? Yes, so that's... My whole relationship with Warhorse is, before we recorded tonight, before I rewatched yesterday, I had not seen this movie since it was in theaters seven years ago, so when I was 20 years old, and I thought it was the biggest load of sappy claptrap I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Nothing rang true. I watched it last night. I'm tearing up. I'm getting very moved. But sort of my, my peaks and valleys of Warhorse so that I get very invested in the craft, which is undeniably strong, and then a bunch of German soldiers throw wire cutters over the bun- over the bunker, and they land in the water, and it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, but I disagree with you, kind of on that point, mm-hmm. about Spielberg basically saying that humans are garbage. Well, no, I'm exaggerating. But, but... he's he basically, he's saying that we give in to our worst tendencies, mm-hmm. where we get tribal, where we believe that conflict is inevitable, like with the David Thewlis character being like, you better pay me my rent, was mm-hmm. wolves ruin. Yeah. And then we get that moment with um, the bad ape from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and the German soldier, where they're both pulling right. Joey out of the barbed wire. Uh-huh. And it's this idea that, like, if we could just get in touch with our can. common humanity. But Spielberg believes in that common humanity. He believes mm-hmm. in the idea that we can overcome our differences. Right. And that that missing element is a horse and what the world needs now a horse is horses sweet horses you know what i mean he has spent i i do not think i certainly do not think war horse is his best film good it is still a culmination of something he's been trying to do for his entire career which is marry 
the fairy tale with Raiders of the Lost Ark with Saving Private Ryan. Yes, and I think it succeeds. And I think those elements work together in that Pan's Labyrinth way, and like that magic is there for me. And there's nothing that I can say to like make you feel it. No, I mean I did feel it, and then and then he recreates the famous shot from Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. where the camera cranes up, tilts all the way up above the battlefield, yeah. where instead of a bunch of soldiers who are being tended to and or they're dead on right. the battlefield, we see horses, horses who are dead. So for me, that's a great example of where this movie fails, which is that he is trying to infuse that sentimentality with a harsher, more brutal, realistic look at. Um, let me put it this way. He, he's trying to balance both the light and dark sides of humanity. With the force. But he's doing it through a purely cinematic lens. Mm-hmm. He's constantly reminding you that you're watching a movie, whether it's that John Ford fucking gold sky at the end of the silhouettes, rather. Mm-hmm. He's invoking cinematic history. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it again and again and again in this movie. So when he shows you that Gone with the Wind shot, all I'm thinking is Gone with the Wind. I'm not actually reflecting on the marriage of those ideas that he wants me to. For me, it is just too cinematic. Oh, I disagree. But does that does my I point make it. sense? Anyway? No, yeah. I, I get all of them. Like your log, you say. I don't. I get. I see what people think are flaws, and I just don't care. <laughs> but look, I mean, just just to not be a bitch. The fog and the silhouettes and the no man's land scene, that amazing, which reminds me a lot of Barry Lyndon, that amazing shot of the British troops rehearsing for battle where it's just the line of soldiers in front of the the building and yeah. the sort of foggy sky and, and green trees and green grass. And, and then Tom, you know, it's, it's, it's striking. The sequence the of the and men the- riding into the forest and they are suddenly just horses without men. Yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. it ends up being... Oh, are you talking about the actual battle or the rehearsal? Yeah, the actual battle. Okay, we'll talk about that because that is more of a triumph for me. But in the rehearsal, it's striking the profiles of all the horses and soldiers. And then Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch ride cheek to cheek with their arms outstretched with their swords. And, and, cheek and, to cheek. And the movie loses me. Mm. But I completely agree with you about that battle. When we're when like Spielberg and Kaminsky are being so creative with their camera, mm-hmm. where they shoot from inside the German tent, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden just a horse just barrels through it and rips off the yeah. top, and it goes from darkness to sky. Honestly, genius! This masterful storytelling. I think visually, this is Spielberg's most striking movie in the last ten years. I don't disagree. I don't disagree, especially yeah, especially on rewatch. I don't and disagree. It move, and, and that moves me alone. And I do think yeah. he... I don't know. I just think he has been trying to make this movie for so long. Yeah. And not, like, literally, obviously. I, I remember reading reviews, like, the positive reviews uh-huh. agree to that point. It that, like, just... visually, this is his, like... This is what he's been trying the to do. The plowing scene is... is perfect construction of mm, shots plowing between the, the horse plowing. between that sort of like almost it's not the plow's point of view but clearly the camera it's yeah, almost gopro hooked plow. onto the plow yeah. but then we strike through the rock and i'm like Give me i love when we strike through the I rock i wanted to bring up that moment oh. so i'm glad you did yes because i've been meaning to i bring love up- all of the over the top like spielberg's sentimentality in this i like i like some of it I, it's it just all it's, works I'll, for me. When it works together, it's beautiful. It's peanut butter and jelly. And when it doesn't, it's oil mm. and water for me. And it wins me over. And I um, just to quote, to paraphrase A.O. Scott's review, he basically is like, 
you're gonna want to not submit to this movie and you really should just submit to this movie and that is sort of how i did he love it yeah yeah i mean was it on his list that year do you know i don't remember but i did submit to the movie and then the movie and then the movie took me out of it every time i got like when i was think i think i said this before we got on mic so pardon me not submitting to the movie pardon me if i'm submitted to the movie or not pardon pardon me if i'm repeating myself war horse but when we got into the third act of this movie, especially the No Man's Land stuff, when Joey just gets so sick of the war that mm-hmm. precedes his name, Horse, mm-hmm. and he just barrels through No Man's Land, mm-hmm. I was moved to tears. And I said to myself, is this a five-star film? Thank you. So the, it is the lead image of A.O. Scott and Manola Darge says 2011. Yeah. And the headline is Old Fashioned <coughs> Glories in a Oh, no. Netflix. Oh shit! Just make sure everyone's electronic. Oh no, this are is okay. easy. This is easy. Why that break? Okay, pause. Like, <laughs> Jane, pause. Jane, pause. Jane, Jane. I'm annoyed for you, Brandon. Uh, I'm sorry. I used to have no, six no, of those, no. and I think that's the last one. <laughs> I love when that happens. I used to have a bunch of stimulus wine glasses, and they're all gone. Uh, sorry, that's what I get for trying to move my laptop. Hey, it's all no, good. No. You were trying to engage and. In visual storytelling. <laughs> I just wanted to show you guys, that not only did A.O. Scott include it on his list, it's the lead image. My tweet about Lean on Pete was just liked by Charlie Plummer updates. Oh. Nice. Oh, Charlie. Tracy Letts, oh fuck. I'm I wish just, Tracy Letts updates would like my tweets. I'm just sad that you lost some I gin. I know, same. That was like a full glass. It's a solid fucking amount. Is everyone's wires okay? Are oh, we all yeah, are fine. we all still recording? Mine may have been in, but it seems okay. Nice. Anyway, see, my point I is, Ao Scott loves words. <laughs> just confirming that point for you. It's a great movie. Do you guys remember in the trailer for this movie where um? I don't remember the trailer. I don't either. Like the third act of the trailer. Behind the images of Joey, Joey yeah. galloping through the battle, through Joey jumping finally, through Joey plowing the field, we just hear Benedict Cumberbatch go, "Be brave!" Oh, I do remember that. Be brave. <laughs> Be brave. And then it ends on the last shot of the movie. I think I'm not positive, but with like Joey all triumphant against the golden sky. Mm. But then you watch the movie, and there's only one. Be brave. <laughs> the trailer like that's added decided, the B Braves. I think. I love. That. I think that's how I remember it. I love anyway, marketing. Same. Um, let's talk about John Ford. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of John Ford. Are we fans of John Ford at this table? Mm-hmm. Particularly, have we all seen several of the movies? Nope. Yes. I mean, I'm so lame because The Searchers is my favorite. That's fine. That's, but... There's a reason. I don't move that. I love um, Stagecoach, of course. See, I don't like I love, um, uh, fuck me. It's, um, The Quiet Man. Mm-hmm. I like The Quiet Man. I haven't seen any. My favorite. I have so many blind spots. Is the Grapes of Wrath. Which I have not seen. I think that's John Ford's best film. I also like How Green Was My Valley quite a bit. Um, I used to, before I was actually aware of How Green Was My Valley, of course I only knew it as the movie that beat Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. So in my stupid, feeble, unformed teenage brain, 
because it beat Citizen Kane and that was an outrage. I'm like, oh, okay, well, so how green was my valley was the crash of its day. Right. And then, of course, later I go to college and I realize, oh, no, it's a very strong film. It's a very good movie. <laughs> it just isn't the movie that everyone agrees is the best movie of all time. And it's just like, um, let's say it's 1942. Are you going to give it to already two-time Academy Award winning filmmaker or the John brat. Ford? Or the 24-year-old Orson Welles? <laughs> I just, I get why the Academy did it. Anyway. Um, Say what you love. The thing about John Ford is a lot of it makes me cringe. And uh, there are some things in War Horse that I feel like are intentionally in place to pay tribute to the way that John Ford incorporated, like, jokes that don't really work in the moment. And you're just like, why is this here? Why is this dance sequence in the middle of this movie? To entertain. (laughs) And it is there to entertain. And I just think... (laughs) Why is the boy in the tub and then in the searchers? What is the moment when when he's in the bathtub and there's... There's a funny moment in a bathtub in the searchers. I've only seen the searchers twice. Didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. But I just think there is... He's trying to evoke a tradition of Hollywood studio filmmaking that is forgotten and has really fallen out of favor. Antiquity. And yes, it has fallen to antiquity. And I think I don't want to be the person that's like because as an homage, it's a good thing. And I'm because I think he molds it to what he's trying to say about humanity and souls and life and the marks that we make on each other as lovers and brothers. <laughs> lovers and brothers. <laughs> lovers and brothers. Famous to the touch. Sisterhood. Famous to the touch! Sisterhood has no place in Spielberg, but only lovers and brothers. Correct. Um, and Swift kicks to the groin. Mm, so <laughs> many, There were no kicks to the groin in War Wars. That's but actually way, shocking. But in a way, that's that's there are. I mean, the, the goose... Tugs on pants legs. The goose, the goose, the goose chases away David Thewlis and his goons, and they're like, ah, like <laughs> limbs of flailing, trotting through the gate. Oh, that goose! And the, on and the goose's like, People you get out of here every time. So it was a robot goose. No, I think it's puppets. Oh, well, I know that, but I thought earlier you said it was. I said animatronic. I know, but yeah. I think it's puppets. Well, no, because in my head, I'm like, the horses are puppets, but the reason why they like the goose is because <laughs> he was a like there's a, a caddy robot. A, the goose is a machine. <laughs> the goose is a full Disney animatronic. He robot. was that dog that could open a door before the robot dog that could open the door. Uh, that, We're all fucked. That robot and the simple pleasures that Spielberg is trying to evoke. Mm-hmm. The unironic lameness of war horse the things we're going to miss out on as the robot dogs open our doors and take us hostage like he's trying to bring us back to a simpler but time as right? long Before as the, the robot, robot dogs. dogs aren't you know rejecting their programming the way the hell does i'm okay i don't think ai is <laughs> that hell does think it's that big of a deal or that Pierce Brosnan in the Treehouse of Four episode, but I'm really trying to think of the Pat wow. in Smart House. I hate oh to God. I hate to bring up that movie, Katie Seagal. But I'm bringing up Katie Seagal as Pat. Classic Disney Channel rejects her programming. <laughs> You're not my mom, Pat. Why? <laughs> I've never seen Smart House. Oh my God, you gotta watch. You it. gotta jump around. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch it right I now. I used to dream of. Just pushing all of the trash onto the floor, and the house sucks Ba-boom! the trash into the floor. And- is that what happens in Smart House? Mm-hmm. 
amazing they technology. Have a party when dad is gone for the Jump weekend. Around. Oh my oh, god. Dad's Jump coming around. home. And Katie Seagal, the smart house, is like, just push all the trash onto the floor. <gasps> and then later she gets mad and turns into a tornado. Mm. She spins around until a flurry erupts. That oh was my like, god. That was I need to watch this movie. Age of the Disney Channel original movie. Like oh, totally. was like Xenon, Halloween Town. You know, oh yeah. We talk about how Netflix releases like 40 original movies a year and mm-hmm. we're like they're cheap they're not working hard enough on them they're intentionally releasing trash into the marketplace mm-hmm. Disney Channel did the same thing when we were children and we ate it up we ate that garbage up with a spoon makes me wonder if us children who are now adults are willing to do the same thing with the Netflix movies because they don't really ask very much of their entertainment absolutely that's what they that's... just want volume and they want something yeah. new that's a great take should write a think piece on that. Yeah, I Get think out of here. I think that's like comparing the Netflix movie to the Disney Channel original movie of our youth. Yeah, that's that's a take. Get you a Pulitzer on this. Just like, <laughs> I stake my Pulitzer on it. Just like shock cord. <laughs> this is your insane asylum. It's the fans of the Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> I have never been made to feel proud on this show before of something I've said, and, and I'm just chuffed. To bits. Yeah, that is truly a take and a very interesting one because it's a, you're right. It's about volume and these young these young whippersnappers watching the shit on their phone. They don't give a shit what it is. There was a Disney Channel original movie like once a month. And it was right. a big fucking deal. It was the Friday night or whatever Sunday. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Who can don't say? Quiz me. Who can say? Who can say? There's no boy meets world. Well, well. If <laughs> should can I wrap it up? Yeah. Well, if I think we've all said a lot, if, I shattered a glass. If you can believe it, if you can believe it, this has been the Lean on Pete episode. I can't believe it. I actually, there was a when I was rewatching the I'd Andrew, like an audiologist to tell us <laughs> have we talked more about Lean on Pete or Warhorse? That's a very good question. Definitely Warhorse. We've talked about Lean on Pete thirty percent of this episode. Well, Warhorse is a better film. Yeah. I, so I, you correct. Know, I'm so Ben and I, our relationship in a way, has all been leading up to this battle royale <laughs> about, about War Horse. I don't remember when, but very early on, I think that we this had the 10 I am, have the weakest heart of us all. Yeah. That can't be true. <laughs> you get you get affected by mushiness. I think I get the most affected by mushiness. You sat next to me in the Florida Project. You know that I am easily susceptible I to know, empathetic I cry hominids. in every movie. Me too. I'm, I'm like Not Mark. Lean on B. It's like Mark Marin um, has said something on his show about like the older he gets. Like he says, that, like he watches musical theater and he starts crying oh, yeah. because it's people just like earnestly singing. Yeah. When people are getting real in a movie, and I'm sorry, Charlie Plummer gives a heartbreaking, very real performance in this movie for my money, and he's who makes I me think cry so too. He's who makes me cry. Like it was my letterbox log. I agree with this to this day but the whole movie i'm just like somebody hug this boy like i'm surprised you gave it three and a half i gave it three. Oh, you lowered it i lowered it all right oh, i lowered wow. it all right because i saw three and a half and i was like you're shitting out it a lot for a three and a no half. no i gave it three and a half because you gave it a three and when we saw sama i was sama, like brandon sama, you sama. really didn't like it huh and then you were just like shaking your head no and then you friend of the pod jordan baker was like no and and then I saw the movie. I'm like, I think I liked it he's a little be bit so more. Excited that he's been referenced like six times. Maybe he won't be. Don't speak for Jordan. No, I know that he will. Be. She's a, she's her own girl. 
<laughs> I knew that I liked it more than Brandon did. So I was like, so you wanted to give it that, yes. And then and then time passed on, and then time passed, and it wasn't even a spite thing. It was just like I had Brandon's three stars in my head. This is why Letterbox is great and terrible. Yeah, but as time went on, I'm like, I really like I I do think that the movie is warm at times. I think Charlie Plummer is great, and I think that when Andrew Hay isn't trying to say something with the scene, he is able to let his characters just live their truths in the frame. Oh, that's so generous of you. Yeah, but most of it fails in my eyes. None of it lingers. Ultimately, none of it lingers, and that's the problem. For me, anyway, I don't know why I'm going on. I gave it three stars. That horse dies. Oh, that fucking bitch. Wait a minute. Who doesn't leave her car. Before we sign off, why? (laughs) The central question of the episode. We haven't solved it. Because everyone in America has clinical depression. I'm going to ask you one at a time. Brandon, (laughs) why? What? I already answered it. So no, no, no. You're gonna so have to say. You're gonna have to say it again because I'm gonna ask, Brandon. Why does the woman hit Lean on Pete with her car, and then why does she not get out of the car? She was texting, and then she's so paralyzed by what she has done that she can't exit the vehicle. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Bendela. Well. She did it on purpose. <laughs> and she was quietly joyous. It was like in the Versace show pilot when Andrew Kanan has killed Versace and he's in the truck. It's like, yeah. yes! I hit it! Yes! The horse bit it! <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch throwback. <laughs> Um, my answer is that she was too busy listening to another episode of Movies IMO. Oh no! And she was that means so... Movies IMO. You're saying that only now you're realizing that we murdered Lean on Pete. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another fun-filled episode of Movies IMO. You can find us on the internet at Twitter. We're at Movies IMO. Please slap us five stars on the iTunes Store, the podcast app. Write a review. Um, tell us what your horse name would be. Um, I guess Roadkill Maybe. <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> But if it was a horse It'd be two Like two words Roadkill or, 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 or be like It'd be like Roadkill Joy You know <laughs> Like some awful pun Ooh Roadkill Joy Is that a drag name? It is now Yours. Thank Yours, you <laughs> My name's it's Daniel Kruk I am Wanting to point out At this moment That there are more Casey Musgraves lyrics That line up to Warhorse, namely that someone should give Joey a ribbon, and they did, and it was Joey's grandpa's boar war pennant. Mm. 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 My name is Roadkill Joy. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. My cheek hurts. Oh, did you we've, get we've been <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I shattered. A I was going to say we've been bringing each other too much joy. <laughs> Mm. I can't believe I shattered a glass. I'm so sorry. I'm Ben MB. An injury. <laughs> I love Warhorse. I don't know if it would even make it into my top 10 Spielbergs, but that's just a s- because he's a great ass filmmaker. And speaking of great asses, Joey's look at, ass. Look at, look at, look at that Joey trunk. Look at that horse. Uh, mm. You can find me on look Twitter. Look at that hussy. At Real Todd Haynes. And. 
I am going to find some reason for us to discuss Tintin on the podcast at some point because oh, I think you've I, earned that. I've, I don't thank you, Brandon. So. It, speaking of Steven Spielberg, movies, I I've earned it. So. <laughs> You're Tom Hanks. I'm Matt Damon. Over and my I have dead earned body. It. <laughs> well, okay, so something they have in common, though. So I'm thinking about that scene in The Adventures of Tintin when they are chasing around that clue that is just floating through the air and there's a single take. Reminds me of how in War Horse, Spielberg uses that aforementioned pennant to anchor so many shots, which ties the film back to Jeremy Irvine. And I do want to say one other thing while we're still on the mic. I don't think that you need the scene halfway through the movie where Tom Hiddleston's sketch of Joey goes home to the farm. We don't need that. I think it would be so much more. That could be a sketch of any horse. Yeah, I agree. First of all, fraudulent. (laughs) Second of all, wouldn't it be so much more impactful if we never see Jeremy until he's in the trenches? trenches. Correct. It's like an an atonement moment. Atonement moment. When, you know, you see suddenly he's in war and you're like, oh, fuck, how'd we get here? That's an ellipsis. Is that plowing? Are you humming plowing? Are you? Plow us home, man. Plow us home. (laughs) It's one of John Williams' scores. It may not be one of my top ten Spielbergs. It's definitely one of my top ten John Williams. Top five? You just love plowing. I do love to plow. (laughs) I think that's it. You love to be plowed. Oh. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.